Uh, well, if you have your copy of God's Word, please turn to Lamentations chapter 5. Lamentations chapter 5. Uh, what a bless- blessing it is, really, uh, truly a blessing it is to, to gather with, with uh, each other. We, we know that these moments are, are not always guaranteed uh, for us, but it's a, it's a sweet privilege we, we get week in and week out, day in and day out, to see uh, one another, to encourage each other in the gospel of Christ. And we, we pray as we look at God's Word tonight that we would be encouraged. Uh, Lamentations chapter 5. Uh, I just want to read the, the end, the last few verses, and then we'll come back and we'll read the entire chapter as we uh, go through the text. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. Father, we pray as we study your word, we pray that you would remind us of the hope of the gospel, the never-ending love of Christ. We pray as we think about our own sin, our own wrongdoing, that we would be moved towards repentance, we would have a godly grief that leads to eternal life. So, Father, bless your church now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this is our last uh, message in the book of Lamentations. We've been walking through this, and Lamentations, most believe it was written by uh, Jeremiah, and it was written by uh, Jeremiah in response to the fall of uh, Jerusalem. And now this was a long ago prophecy that, that, that God said that if you reject me, if you don't follow my ways, eventually I'm going to bring a destruction upon you. The people of Israel did not listen to God's uh, decree, did not believe that he was going to carry out this act against his own people. But God was faithful to his word, and God brought justice, right, perfect, divine justice down upon Jerusalem. This last chapter is a prayer kind of culminating in the whole entire book, kind of remembering the, 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 the plot of where Israel is and longing for this hope uh, that God would restore them. So, Lamentations chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. This is a calling of God to act. This is not telling God that, remember, do you, do, you, do you know what has happened to us? God, of course, knows. He knows all things in His perfect wisdom. But it's saying here, remember, Lord, look. Look to see what has happened to us. And this, this, this calling to look and to remember is God, act on our behalf. Then He kind of starts to recall what's happened And of course, God already knows this, but He's bringing it to light as a prayer to Him, this lamentation. It says, our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. 
I know we know that's difficult for anybody to lose their home, uh, to lose their land. But for the people of Israel, to lose their, their home, to lose their land, was to lose God's promise of the promised land. This was a huge thing for them. Our inheritance, which you have promised us, is now handed over to the foreigner. We have become orphans, fatherless. Our mothers are like widows. We are helpless. So what he's trying to communicate. We're helpless. We're an orphan. We don't have anyone to care for us. We're fatherless. We have no father to provide protection. We are, our mothers are like widows. They're destitute. They have no one to care for them. So we must pay for the water we drink. The wood we get must be bought. Our pursuers are at our necks. We are weary and are given no rest. Now, of course, it's hard to compare our own situation in life with this text because this is a, a text of after the fall of Jerusalem where there was bloodshed and there was famine and there was hunger and there was, as we will see later on the text, savagery, right? And yet we've all had those moments in our life, have we not, where we have been weary? We have said, I don't know if I can go on. You know, when I think about what's happening in the life of our own body, I I sense weariness because the amount of people who are weary in our church, the needs and the hurts and the pains just continue to grow. And we feel like we have no rest. Verse 6, we have given the hand to Egypt and to Assyria to get bread enough. We, we, we looked to, to, to have an alliance with Egypt and Assyria. And we haven't been satisfied. Our fathers sinned and are no more. And we bear their iniquities. Just a reminder, especially those of us who have, who have children, uh, your life can be a blessing to your children, but your sins can be a curse to them. So if you are currently living in a way, in any way that does not honor the Lord, remember the consequences are not only for you. And by application or by implication, any one of us here who's living in a way that is not honoring the Lord affects other people. It affects our brothers and our sisters in this body. The lie of the evil one says that your sin only affects you. So you can do what you want to do. But sin never stops with your own heart and soul. It affects others, as we see here. Verse 8, slaves rule over us. There is none to deliver us from their hand. We get our bread at the peril of our own lives because of the sword in the wilderness. Our skin is hot as an oven with the burning heat of famine. Women are raped in Zion. Young women in the towns of Judah. There's not a more graphic picture of sin than right there. When you have seen the effects of abuse in people's lives, the pain, the agony, the long stretching agony and tragedy in their lives, it's awful. 
This is what happens when people don't honor the Lord. There's this, there's this slow slip. They're not honoring the Lord. So it, it starts with maybe one step towards sin and one step, and then all of a sudden the whole thing falls out and we see chaos and destruction like you're seeing here. You know, sometimes when you read the Scriptures, you read verses like that and you should weep. This is just a sign of a fallen world. Women should be loved and honored and cherished. They should be protected and honored above, above all. Not attacked. Not abused. Let us never to contribute to that in any way. Let us not have words or, or jokes that would, would lead any thought or anybody to, to think that we think that would be okay. Let us deal with it strongly, with a firm hand. And brothers, let, let's deal with our sisters with love and with charity. Verse 12, princes are hung up by their hands. No respect is shown to the elders. Young men are compelled to grind at the mill. The boys stagger under loads of wood. The old men have left the city gate. The, the young men, their music. The joy of their hearts has ceased. Our dancing has been turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. There's this acknowledgement of, of why all this has happened is because we have sinned. Sin individually may ruin us and the people who are closest to us. Sin within a community will ruin the community. This is why as a body of Christ, if we see a little leaven kind of bubbling up of, of seeds of sin in our own community, we have to cut it out. We have to remove it or else it's going to destroy the whole body. This is what the picture of the fall of Jerusalem is. This is a picture of God's wrath and God's right justice against sin. And, and what the, 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 the writer here says, we have sinned, we have deserved this because of our sin. For this, our heart has become sick. For these things, our eyes have grown dim. For Mount Zion, which lies desolate, jackals prowl over it. Now, when you're looking at a lamentation in the Scripture, usually what happens is the, 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 the writer, we see this often in the Psalms, the writer kind of brings their complaint to the Lord. This is what the, 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 the trial is, and this is the beginning. Remember, O Lord, where we are. Remember our situation. He's kind of bringing his, his complaint to the Lord. Now, here's the thing. One of the reasons why God brings trials in our own lives or consequences for our own sinful behavior is to bring us to grief, to bring us to regret, so that we would bring us to repentance. We should feel shame and guilt and agony when we sin against others. We should understand the, the savagery of our own sin and not to minimize it in any way. Because when we truly have a grief for our sin, for our sin against God and our sin against God's people, then we will end where this writer ends. 
and turning to the Lord. But too often, we're not really saddened by our sin. We're saddened by the consequences of our sin. My sin maybe affected this position that I was going to get. This, my, my sin may have affected my, my, my horizontal relationship. My, my sin may have affected this, but you're not actually grieving over your sin against God. But this writer, as a collective voice for all of Israel, is calling out saying, Lord, we are turning back to you. Listen to this, this last prayer. But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. This is what we have, and we have been supposed to reflect you and represent you, and yet we're not. We've experienced this trials because of our own sin. But you're forever, Lord. You're on the throne. No matter what happens in your life today, no matter what happens in America, no matter what happens in the world, the Lord is on his throne forever and ever. So no matter what we're experiencing today, we can have confidence that God is on his throne. This is one of the reasons why we can go to God in prayer. Because God has the power to do anything that he wills. Because he's on his throne. So think about this. These people are living in utter agony. They're seeing all the consequences of their sin and, and all its, its, its disgusting um, reality right in front of them. And they turn to the Lord. Is God powerful enough to save? Is he powerful enough to deliver? And this writer is saying, you are. I don't know what God is doing in your own life right now. I don't know the consequences. I don't know the pain. But I know this, that God is strong enough to deliver. God is strong enough to save situations and your soul. Look what it says. This, this reality, why do you forget us forever? Why do you make us, why do you forsake us for so many days? And then here's the plea. Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew us, renew our days as of old. This is a beautiful prayer, beloved, because this, is, this prayer is answered ultimately in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says Jesus Christ was the righteous one who came for the unrighteous, 1 Peter 3.18, to do what? To bring us to God, to restore us, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I know I haven't been in church for a couple weeks, as many people have said to me since I've gotten the prodigal uh, son has returned. I wanted to be here, I promise. Um, but, you know, just singing that song together, you realize how beautiful it is to sing with God's people and to collectively say, once, your enemy. But now, seated at your table, you are now welcome at the king's table. And what is that saying? You are now restored to me. You know, through this, the Bible reading plan that we're, that we're doing, you see this refrain again, you are our God and we are your people. You are our God and we are your people. We see it all the way in Genesis and it's going to carry all the way to Revelation when we will be seated at the, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, restored fully unto God. And that only happens through Christ. 
He came, he lived, he died, and he rose again. To do what? To reconcile us. To unite us to God. So we are now united to God through Christ. By the Spirit. Through faith. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you can pray this prayer? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as as of old. Unless you have utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. Let me just make two application points here and then I'll close. First, God will not reject you. He will not be angry with you forever. If your grief over your own sin leads to repentance to God, he will forgive you. The Lord is ready and waiting to forgive you tonight. You may have brought sin in this place and you may start to feel the grief in your own heart now. God says, come. Come. I will arise and go to Jesus. Come. He will not be angry with you forever. We know that because he came for us. He wasn't angry with Israel forever. Why? Because he came, he lived, he died, and he rose again. And guess what? He's coming back. Praise God. Praise God. So number one, God will not be angry with you forever if you turn to him in faith. Secondly, we should not be angry with one another. This is one of the reasons why Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, right after the Lord's Prayer, he says, you know, forgive those who trespass against you. Says, if we do not forgive those who trespass against us, then the Father will not forgive us. How different would churches look? How different would, would, our, would our nation be if churches lived out this verse knowing that God will not be angry with us forever, therefore we should not be angry with people forever. We should have wide and generous hearts of forgiveness towards those who have hurt us. Listen, forgiveness is hard. Is it not? When people have hurt you, it is hard to want to forgive them. And you can't forgive them. But through God you can. Because all things are possible through him. So is there there someone in your life right now that you are angry with? That you are struggling with bitterness towards. I would just, if that person came to you and said, will you be angry with me forever? I pray that you would answer like the Lord would. No. You would open your arms like he does to us and say, come home. Come home. Father, we pray that you would Keep us in your grace. We pray that you would continue to restore us to yourself inch by inch, day by day. That we would turn from sins in our lives and that we would embrace the gospel of the Lord Christ. God, if there's anybody in here who's struggling with bitterness or anger with someone, I pray, God, that you would give them a heart of mercy. And God, I pray that if anyone has been wronged or has wronged someone, they would go to that person in repentance and faith. 
asking for forgiveness with a true and repentant heart. God, we pray that you would continue to do a work in our church, that we would be, have a godly grief over our sin and a godly joy in the salvation you offer us in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.